You're listening to the City Lights Equipping Podcast, where we are helping you identify your next step in exalting Jesus and extending the kingdom of heaven right where you are. If this podcast encourages or challenges you, please leave us feedback on our iTunes channel and share on your social media to help more people discover the very same things that are stirring you in your walk with the Lord. Podcast listener, this is Chris Armfield and my good buddy, friend, pal, uh, pig yep. association player, a horse player, um, fun times friend, Oliver Wong. Oliver Wong. How are you, man? It's great to be here, Chris. It's great to see you. As I, always. I'd like to say your beard is coming in thicker and thicker. It looks nice. <laughs> it's like a honeycomb. It just dr- dribbles down the well, bottom of my chin. It extends. You know, if you're a man out there and eventually you can grow a beard, I can't do it yet, but if you can and you don't like the shape of your face, you think it's too short, just grow a beard and it, it prolongs your jaw. Yeah. I'm it, not sure that's what people want, but you could. Mine has kind of like a, a chin strap helmet thing going on, <laughs> like on Leatherheads with George Clooney. Yeah. It's I like know, Leprechaun. Yeah. Asian leprechaun. Speaking of Leatherheads, wasn't that filmed in Greenville? It was. It was. Lots of people I know met George Clooney. Yes. That's kind of our yes. claim to fame. He yep. stayed in the hotel downtown. And then the rumor came out that Matthew McConaughey was buying an apartment downtown in Greenville. And it, I don't think it's happened yet. I think we would see yeah, him Greenville, sometime. Greenville, Tuscaloosa, uh, Daytona, <laughs> all the places that Facebook was able oh, to plug man. and play. Well, listen, podcast listener, we want to say a very special hello to you. Welcome to the City Lights Equipping Podcast. If you've never joined us before and you're just tuning into this podcast, welcome. If you've been listening for a long time, welcome back. Uh, The City Lights podcast is aimed specifically at helping you better understand where you are in life. And we mean it that broadly. doesn't matter if you're young or older in years. doesn't matter if you're stressed out or you're the best season of your life. Wherever you're at, we want you to understand where you are because God is very interested in helping you identify what your next step might be like with him to advance his kingdom right where you are. So that step with Jesus is so important to him, and that's our goal. That is what we proclaim to you, and we hope that you receive today on this podcast is that we equip you to really take that next step and identify it. Before we jump into our podcast topic, Oliver, uh, you and I love movies. Love. We love them. In fact, if we had our way, we'd see, I bet, two and a half movies together at a movie theater a week. I would say If we had our way. Yeah. Yeah, because we don't want to overindulge, but that's definitely up from where we're at right now. When George Costanza on Seinfeld said he could drape himself in velvet as his dream come true. Right. That would be mine. We'd be be watching movies at least. All right, well then let me give you a question that I do not know the answer to yet. Um, Movies, we'll start there. But the topic of love. Uh Okay, podcast listener, I'm just giving it away. We're actually talking about love today. It's all going to be about love. Okay, but we're going to start with movies. So podcast listener, what's your favorite love movie? Oliver, what is your favorite Love movie of all time. My favorite love movie is my favorite movie of all time. Oh. And I will boldly and without shame and reservation announce officially on this podcast that yes. my favorite movie is Jerry Maguire. Ooh. Of all the movies. And I've seen a lot of movies. Yes, and I have. know, you mm-hmm. know, the cool answer is Goodfellas or Godfather or Braveheart. For, for or love film? No, no, no. I'm saying in terms <laughs> oh, of like if you ask a guy, film. what's okay. your favorite yeah, film? You're fair. supposed to say something like Gladiator or. Fair. You know, but I, I like Jerry Maguire. I think the writing's great. I love Cameron Crowe, the director, mm-hmm. the producer. Mm-hmm. Um, I love the acting in it. I think it's just a great movie. That is a great film. Timothy, our producer of the podcast, he said his favorite love movie is Holiday. I think okay. that's a little Jack Black and a little... Uh... I thought it was The Last Holiday with Queen Latifah when he first announced <laughs> it. That's usually his genre, but I don't yeah. think so. And Sydney Ann Fowler of City Lights, we asked her, and she said How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days is her favorite love film. That's not a bad choice. It's uh, it's not my a, least favorite film. One. It's a, a good one. I like it. All right. So those are pretty good. How yeah. about love song? I mean, if there's ever been a topic 
uh, written about that somebody could say the most written songs in history, it's about love. I've, I've heard studies about that. But love songs, people love them, mm-hmm. and they love to hate them. <laughs> but what is your favorite love song of all time? I actually don't know what your answer is. So it's a little bit like ironic. It's not your classic, straightforward love song, but the guy Bright Eyes that was oh, yeah. popular in the early 2000s wrote a song called The First Day of My Life. Yes. Kind of a little instrumental C singer-songwriter yes. thing. So it's a it's a great song. It's a great song, and I've done a lot of Sepala family weddings, mm. and every Sepala family wedding I've done has that song as... The Finns love Bright Eyes. The song. So the I've heard a lot of Finns sing it during there, so it's great. It's one of my favorite things of Sepala weddings. I know it's coming. Get it's just out of here. who it is. Yep. Well... How about uh, Timothy Bain, our producer? He said <clears throat> a Ben Rector song, Forever Like That. Good. And Sydney Ann went, like, classic old soul. Boom. Yep. Someday. Mm-hmm. That one? Just the way you look tonight. You... Yep, that's a great song. Great song. Well, listen, I danced to that at my wedding. Did you one. really? That yeah, that's a great song, song for yeah. dancing. Well, listen, podcast listener, let's go ahead and turn the corner. I don't know what your answer would be, favorite love song or favorite love film in that genre. But uh, today, we're talking about love. And I know we came in light. Uh, there's a lot of different expressions of love. In fact, each film that you guys chose, they're very different kinds sure. of films. Um, and, and so it's interesting if, I bet if we were to ask a whole man on the street questionnaire about defining what love is, I bet some people would get little sparkles in their eyes and they can't get too quiet. They wouldn't shut up about it. And I bet other people would say, I hate love mm. or I don't want to talk about it. Body language would say something and words would say something. But today really is truly our topic is giving and receiving love. Is love worth it? Really? Mm. Is love worth it? I think is ultimately what we're going to be talking about and I think we do I think our culture has a love-hate relationship you know we love when Taylor Swift's in love and she writes an album about it but when her heart's broken we know there's a full album about heartbreak and vengeance and all those things and so um I think that the reason there's a lot of songs a lot of films that there's a genre called love songs is because for whatever it's worth and however we define it it does matter to people Mm. it does matter to people uh, I'm sure in your life you've heard a lot of different expressions of love and people talk about it, but when I start mentioning love right now, Oliver, what comes to mind? Is it relationships? Is it movies? Is it songs? Like What, what starts to spark interest for you? Yeah, all the above. I mean, songs, movies, it's really everywhere. I think that love is obviously a premier part of what you know we believe in faith. It says in First John hmm. that God is love, and so I think the essence of who we are as human beings is to discover love. Uh, with one another and ultimately sometimes discover the pain of losing love yeah um, but I think a lot of things we're talking about songs and movies and culture you know you might say they're they're almost this, being able to smell the scent of love without actually being mm. able to have it or taste it um, and I think that really lends itself mm-hmm. towards some of the pain and and some of the uh, confusion that we're kind of even talking about today I'm that can you say that one line again something about smelling that was really <laughs> I loved it yeah I mean I, I, I just think that um, the notebook for example or I think Jerry Maguire which is my favorite movie mm-hmm. I talked from a personal experience you know um, Jesus is is not mentioned it's not foundational it's mm-hmm, not part mm-hmm. of, of really the impulse of what makes that movie or that theme run but nonetheless the topics the, the idea of covenant the idea of longing the idea of belonging are all prevalent in those mm-hmm. films and in those songs. And so they really reflect, reflect almost the need we have for love without, in my opinion, in my faith and conviction, without actually delivering what mm-hmm. love is, which is the cross, yeah. which is Jesus poured out life. You know, when mm. he says love is this, is laying life down for others. So it expresses our need. And like I was kind of saying, maybe it's our ability to smell love and discover our need and want for it without actually being able to taste and touch it. That's, <clears throat> that's pretty stimulating. That's pretty stirring to me. When I just listen to you, just as a pure listener, just like our podcast listener out there, as you are listening, 
when I started to hear you talk and I just tried to be present in the moment and not use previous knowledge or enter my thoughts, I thought he's describing something that costs me something. Mm. He's describing something that is deep meaning like it, it, it requires something within me to be vulnerable. Yeah. Um, I actually felt like you were describing loss without it, mm. but also loss to give it, <laughs> loss potential receive it. Um, it seems a little elusive, this idea of love, but yet we keep, people keep going for it and they're willing to move across countries, sell things, do things, do crazy things all in the name of love. Um, and I love where you already started, <laughs> pun intended, I guess, but I didn't mean to mean it. <laughs> I really appreciate where you took the conversation because if there's ever a conversation where we need to be grounded in uh, absolute truth, it would be the topic of love because it is costly. It is risky. It hurts. Um, you know, when you are vulnerable, I mean, we, we can start to bring adjectives in, but, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, I think that this is just an extremely important topic. It's something I talk to people about on a daily basis. I tell people I love them. Um, I, I love certain foods, but it's not the same thing. You know, yeah. I, I don't even mean the same thing. So I do think you and I, uh, for our podcast listeners, we need to define love, but podcast listeners, how would you define love? I know I've mentioned that already, but what kind of words would you use to define love? We're going to offer up some of ours in a moment, but I do think, um, love is part of the answer to the question, why do some relationships work better than others? Mm-hmm. Why are some relationships easier than others? Why do I fight for some relationships and others I don't? Uh, I think it it's topics like, I love others, but uh, why aren't people showing love to me? They have an expectation. They believe they're giving something out, but they also have an expectation where they're getting it, and they're not getting it. You know, These are the kind of things I hear when I think about love. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, I love the question that you put on the beginning of this podcast as we kind of go over this outline is, is love worth it? Because yeah. I think at the end of the day, people that have had experience with relationships, whether it's uh, romantic relationships or just fraternal or friendship or whatever, there's always cost and there's always price yeah. and pain. And um, and definitely it is the part part of the experience. And I, th- I think it, it resonates with us all. It's a great question. Is love worth it? Hmm. At the end of the day, you know, do the benefits outweigh the cost. Well, podcast listener, there's your next question. Um, do you think love is worth it? And Oliver, why don't you give some caveats to that? Like mm-hmm. worth what? Mm-hmm. <laughs> when we say that question, what comes, I mean, you read me, I wrote that question out earlier. What did you start to apply that question to? You know, what did you pass through that question? Did you do that even yet? Like mm-hmm. is love worth it? What is the it? Well, um, I think for me in my personal experience uh, of, of coming to the Lord, I, I, I came to the Lord almost directly through the passage in 1 Corinthians 13, which talks Mm. about love itself. And I remember even asking myself the question, and C.S. Lewis says this in one of his books, I think it's Mere Christianity, where he says, um, one of the greatest apologetic arguments for God is the fact that we hunger for something that we've never had or tasted. Mm. And so 1 Corinthians 13, Mm. um, all the Jerry Maguire movies or whatever, you know, romantic comedies that we watch, uh, they echo, but maybe don't, aren't the ultimate voice of what love should and ought to be. Um, And I think, that was part of my testimony that I, whether it's, you know, early relationships, romantic relationships, you know, dating, flirting with somebody or liking somebody and having them reject you, you know, mm. offering up a piece of your heart or sharing a piece of your heart and having it misunderstood, mm. trusting in somebody and having them, you know, betray you. It's, it's, I mean, I, my kids come to me and, and cry, you know, sometimes mm. about the ways that in second grade and third grade that already groups kind of mingle together and create yeah. clicks and say, oh, well, you don't, you don't watch this TV show, so you can't be a part of this group mm, anymore. Mm-hmm. And that is a microcosm of the most painful, people will say, you know, experience and part of life, which is 
to not belong mm. and to not connect and to have mm. shame, which is not only that I do wrong, but that I something's wrong with me. Mm. And that's the fear. That's the root there. And it's the greatest pain, mm-hmm, but at the same mm-hmm. time, mixed with the greatest epitome of why we're that's here, good. which is rejection and connection. Mm. And so ultimately it is worth everything, mm. but at the same time, that doesn't alleviate or, uh, you know, make us immune mm. to the pain and the problems that go along with what if we are rejected mm-hmm. in our vulnerability or mm-hmm. in our connection. What I heard you say is, is, is it's very significant because for your children, that illustration was yeah. really important because I think what you're sharing is love or the feeling like you used a synonym, I belong, which makes me feel like I'm loved, right? Right. It's kind of how you mean. So I belong because I, um, I feel like I'm loved because I belong. Uh, hey, you didn't do this or do that or do it the right way or jump this fast or show up on time or watch a watch a thing sure. or or wear the thing, whatever it is. You, you name know? it, yeah. Yeah, so if we're talking for children, it never goes away, really. Right. Um, that love seems to be, or belonging, uh, I don't feel loved when my, vi- when my belonging is now, um, someone chooses for me whether I belong or not. It right. seems to be a violation. Mm-hmm of what true love is. Mm-hmm. Now, the reason I want to emphasize that point is because if we're not talking today, just, I know we've been talking about movies and film and illustrations with kids, but it's very important to realize, and I just want to kind of, I want to go ahead and dig into this a little bit, uh, that when we say that God loves, mm-hmm. it is not a love that is something we earn. Right. It is also not a love that we uh, lose. Mm-hmm. It, you know, Paul, when he writes to Ephesus, says, for by grace you've been saved, is a gift of God that comes through faith, and it is a gift by grace so that no one could boast, meaning no one can say, look what I've done, but instead look what he's done. And I I believe, as we continue to talk about love, it's very important for your children, They, someone told them they could no longer belong, and it violated what a love relationship is. God will not look at someone who's put their trust in Jesus mm-hmm. and say, you don't belong. Right. And so it's such an interesting thing because loving relationships, marriages, I think in our country are around 50% in divorce. What that says is you will do something eventually, or you might, where I tell you I no longer belong to you, or you don't belong to me, or somebody else validates that, that we don't have to keep going. And mm-hmm. I, I want to make a loud and clear statement. God's love isn't like that. Right. It's just not. And I think when you talked about how it's written on our hearts, that it's ingrained in us, uh, when you talk about C.S. Lewis saying there's a gap in us that mm-hmm. cries out for something more, and that sure. something more is him, uh, it's all the same point to me. It's all the same point that we are talking about the same word, but if we don't start with the biblical God, heavenly kind of love, then yes, I could see you concluding love is not worth it. Mm-hmm. But if we conclude the kind of love that the scriptures talk about, which That's we're going to get into, we would see that love is worth it every time because the heavenly expression is always available mm-hmm. through Christ and his Holy Spirit to us. It's always available. It's always potent. And love doesn't give up on us. And mm-hmm. that's that's God talking to his children in that way. Mm-hmm. So the myth today, uh, podcast listener, is that love is a feeling, which mm. Chris, throughout his um, just speaking just now, kind of touched a lot on that was the idea that love is is the feeling that you get when you're belonging. Love is the acceptance that another person could give you, the admiration that you're looking for, the respect that you're demanding mm-hmm. or trying to get out of somebody. Um, and that is not only just a, a myth that is the, you know, one myth of several options of myth. It is the myth that we must believe sure. in if we don't start from the foundation that we are loved and yep. that we do belong from the only one that matters. So as long as we're not believing in Christ and as long as we're not 
understanding his love for us, even mm-hmm. if we do, let's say, believe there is a God who, who saved us, if we don't believe that he loves us, um, and the nature of that love is this is my beloved son or daughter whom I well pleased, then we are completely vulnerable to the myth that love is a feeling. Yeah. Because uh, that's the only reference of truth and authority that I have is what do other people say around mm-hmm. me? What do other people say is valuable? Mm-hmm. And let me try and play that game to gain value from from others around me. And so yeah. as long as love is a feeling, everything is conditional. Mm-hmm. It means that uh, if, if mm. I can do this, be this, look like this, then I can have belonging and acceptance because that is the goal. That is the idol that I'm worshiping is that feeling. Yeah. You know, love can become an idol in that way. Yeah. The opposite's true is that if somebody else would just do this mm-hmm. or be like this or completely grow into this way that I know that they can be, but I just want them to be, then they'll be worthy of my affection, yeah. my admiration, my respect. And the reality is, is that those those are all false pretenses for mm-hmm. what love uh, is, which mm-hmm. which God created. God is love in First John. And so uh, the truth to trust today is mm-hmm. that, that love is, number one, love is something that is given that is true about God and mm-hmm. never changes right. because he is love and he always loves us. Yep. And so therefore loving in horizontal relationships mm. is always a choice mm-hmm. and never a feeling. Mm. Um, if love is a hmm. choice, it flows out of the original source of God. Um, if I am over, if, if I have God's love in me, then love to others looks like overflowing. Yeah. If I'm empty, if I'm bankrupt, I will always need too much care too much mm-hmm. or be too fearful of other people that I would ever be able to love them because right. I'm constantly needing things from them. So people become objects. Mm. People are just, you know, notches on the belt. Mm-hmm. They're people that prove my, their likes on an Instagram page. Mm. But if I am full of love, then instead of taking and controlling, I get to give and protect and provide. And that is the e- economy. That's the only economy. Mm. It's either a myth or it's a truth. And the myth is that, that love is a feeling. The truth is that Love is a choice. It's yeah. a decision. Such clear stuff right there. Love is a feeling. When you were talking about love being a feeling, I was thinking about, um, I've heard this quote in many different forms. I'm going to say it in just a unique form now. But the the love that you experience um, is only as good as what you tie it to. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by that is you will, your, your feeling of love, your expression of love, your satisfaction of love will ride the ebbs and flows of what you tie it to. If you tie it, to a person. When we say, is love worth it? And we go like, can I trust him with my heart? Can I trust her with my heart? Can, can I trust them with this secret? Can I, can I open myself up to this person or that thing or this website, whatever? What we're asking is, how low am I willing for that person to go with what I'm giving them? And, and do I believe that they might rise high enough that it can give me something I need? Mm. And really, there's, there's two things wrong. One, you are entrusting um, your feeling, your emotional status, your entire condition to someone else. And you'd be like, well, Chris, isn't that what marriage is? Well, frankly, not necessarily, no. Mm-hmm. So I just want to say is that what you that which you tie your idea of love to, you will enjoy the ebb and the flow of that thing, whether it's a person mm-hmm. or a career choice mm-hmm. or a sport or a drug, whatever it might be. And when you think about love being a choice, God chose, for God so loved the world. He chose to love the world that he gave his only son, that we would have life in him. And so... I, Oliver, I've heard you say this so many times from First Corinthians, that we, when we love people, we love from the love of God out. Mm-hmm. We love from the love of God out. That is potent. Mm-hmm. And when I read about the love of God, when I read about it in First Corinthians 13, which I've heard you talk about a lot, it describes what that love looks like. And when you, when you really examine that love, you actually don't tie it to things with expectations. So mm-hmm. if I give my love to you and you squander it and I'm devastated, 
I was expecting something from you, and therefore I'm violating a biblical definition yeah. of love in that way. Mm-hmm. So when we talk about love being a choice, we're choosing to release others from owing us things. We're, we're choosing to re- release expectations and outcomes in the way that we would think. I genuinely think that love should not be tied to an outcome. Even when you're marrying someone, um, and I try to do this in my premarital counseling, mm-hmm. th- I put them in scenarios and say, what if this person does this to you? Will you love them? They go, well, no, not if. I've heard some couples go, no, not yeah. if they do that. That's a way out. And I go, well, they weren't loving you the way you want to be loved in that moment, but are they worthy of your love? Mm-hmm. And when you start with God, the answer, difficult, yes. The answer is yes. You know, of course, I want to make a caveat. You know, if someone's abusing you or there's extreme circumstances, there's extreme conditions in those uh, situations. But I'm talking about in the more general sense right now. That that truth of trust is potent with the heaven's capacity of love. Yeah. Kyra and I have talked about on several occasions the idea of our family being, we, we talk about family vision sometimes and values, but we, we painted the picture of a garden and we talked about our kids being in that garden and friendships and family and other things being in that garden and a place in our sphere of influence to nurture, to protect and provide, but not control, just to love without strings. Yeah. And and we hope that, and we, we believe the precedent is set, you know, in the Bible in so many places, notwithstanding 1 Corinthians 13, is that true love and safe place love, where I just love without expectations, love without strings, the fruit of that is really a thriving, healthy growth of other people. In other words, we want to mm. enrich our kids. We mm. want to see Rose richer because of our experience with her. We want her to go off to college and want to come back because she knows she's going to get strength and encouragement and identity and growth in our in our mm-hmm. sphere of in our home. Um, and and you know to follow the metaphor, the different plants and the different flowers would bloom in different seasons, and they would bloom with different colors. And that's another mm. mark of love mm. is that it doesn't insist, yeah, as good. we're going to talk about in First in Corinthians thirteen, that it that it has its own way, and that everybody sort of marches by marching orders. Mm-hmm. Love loves beyond understanding. Love loves beyond you know um, my w- uh, width of empathy. It, it it just it chooses to love because mm. that's the way that that God has loved us. Mm-hmm. Um, but let's take a look at 1 Corinthians 13. Yeah, all right, I'll read it. 1 Corinthians 13, 1 through 8. Podcast listener, whether you're familiar with it or not, I'm going to read it to you. Paul writes to this church called Corinth, and he says, if, uh, in the area of Corinth, and he says, if I speak in the tongues of men and angels, meaning like if I have some incredible things that I'm saying, and it, it's like power from heaven, like where are you getting this? It's amazing. If I do something so spectacular, but I have not love, I am a noisy gong or clanging cymbal, meaning mm. it's it's just noisy and loud if I don't have love. And I, I might speak amazing, but if I don't have a love in it, if love's not the the, the, the foundation, then it's just a mess. Mm. If I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, I have all faith, so much faith that I can remove mountains. I mean, that's, that's a huge list. But I have not love, I'm nothing powerful. If I give away all I have and I deliver up my body to be burned, which is just sacrifice, sacrifice, sacrifice. But I don't do it in the context of love. If I have not love, I actually gain nothing. Mm. And then uh, Paul goes into a description of what love is then. Love is patient and it's kind. It doesn't envy. It doesn't boast. It's not arrogant and it's not rude. It doesn't insist on its own way. It's not irritable. It's not resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things. Hmm. Love believes all things. Love hopes all things. Love endures all things. Love never ends. That's hmm. just a beautiful description of it bears all things to the end. It believes all things to the end. It hopes all things to the end. It endures all things to the end. It's amazing. Hmm. As for prophecies and all these powerful things that we see God do, they're actually going to pass away. And as for tongues, they're going to go away too. But as for knowledge, it'll pass away. But love remains. Hmm. Stunning. Stunning yeah. passage. Yeah. 
Um, I heard a guy say one time that the opposite of love um, isn't hate. It's actually uh, control or apathy, you mm-hmm. know, abuse or neglect. And as I read this passage, you know, it, it's, it basically is Paul ending his letter and basically saying of all the different spiritual things, of all the different mm-hmm. earthly practical things, the most important thing, really the two categories that God sees is love or the absence of. That's, right. that's the most thing. It's the only thing that remains. The, only, the, the one thing that remains is faith, hope, and love, but mm-hmm. the greatest of these things is love. And mm-hmm. so it's, it really goes across denominational lines. It goes across right. cultural lines. It basically says, you know, you have the right to uh, observe people's faith by its fruit, and mm-hmm. the fruit of true faith mm-hmm. is love. Yep. It either has love or it's not. And so yep. in many ways, like you always say, you know, there's it's not a gray, there's a black and there's a white. Right. You know, there's a there's two different roads, and so there's no gray. And, and we know that a major fruit that comes from the tree that's planted in the mm-hmm. right spot is love. Mm-hmm. Um, and who, you know, who cares how many miracles and who cares how much theology you know, mm-hmm. at the end of the day, are you about others? Mm-hmm. Is the is the primi- mm. the primary question? Yep. Uh, maybe even he might even interview you. Might even interview enemies. And I think that's the num- That's another hmm. way that we can measure. You know, the fruit of faith is what do we do to people that we don't understand, and hmm. how do we treat hmm. people that don't like <laughs> us? Because the new command, of course, is to love people that. That's where love starts. Is when it sacrifices. When it yeah. starts to oppose you. Right. Uh, that's where real love is measured. Appears. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's yeah. where you actually see real love. Yeah. I mean, my friend, podcast listener. If you're one who says, I've given up on love, it's not worth it. Um, the beginning of this passage just said that you might tithe, you might give, you might um, offer generosity to somebody, uh, but if you're just doing it for the sake of doing it, I mean, this passage says you're noisy, loud, you're nothing, and you gain nothing. Mm. And so I'm not saying that kindness is a bad idea, but you don't have to be kind apart from the love of God being the fuel. You don't mm-hmm. have to be generous apart from God supplying right. love. And you're like, well, if I give love, then people are going to fit me. Well, then, n- no. If love is a kind of transactional thing that you're accounting with somebody, that's not the love that the Scripture is talking about. So when Oliver mentioned earlier that love is a choice, then this passage is saying love is patient and love is kind. Love chooses to be patient. Right. Love chooses to be kind. So Jesus patiently endured his suffering instead of what he could have done. Jesus' kindness leads people to repentance and change instead of what he could have done, which was ridicule and punish. Mm. Why? Jesus, why did you do that? And usually we might think it's a trite answer because he's loving. No, well, it's exactly right. It was the loving patience of God. It was the loving kindness of God. So what Mm. does love then does this? Love rejoices with truth. Love chooses to rejoice even when you're jealous that somebody got something that you seem to never get and you kind of have a self-loathing spirit you go wait a minute no 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 i'm gonna not just choose to love this person and see that i think that's part of our problem Oliver. we look at somebody and see are they worthy of love mm-hmm. if they just got some great thing and and i'm jealous of them i don't see them as worthy of love in fact they have something better than me but if i look back and up back into self and up to god what did god give me God loves me. God completes me. He's he's given me all I need. And so I go, I can rejoice with a truthful thing. I'm love chooses to rejoice with truth. Love chooses to bear with all things. Love chooses to believe all things. Love chooses to hope all things. Love chooses to endure. And love chooses to have no timeline on its extension of these things. Mm. Now, I guess you might hear this and go, well, that's extremely optimistic. It's also naive. It's actually a little bit foolish to believe all things and hope all things and endure all things. I get it, but Jesus did this. 
Jesus, the embodiment of love, rejoiced with the truth of heaven rather than the truth and narrative of this life. Jesus chose to bear the sufferings of humankind and their sin instead of deciding to love himself in that moment. Jesus believed that his Father's will was perfect at all times. Jesus put his hope in the fact that his Father's will was right. And Jesus endured all things, even to the very end of age, he says he's with us. And his love does not end. That is the stature. That's the standard. That is the picture in the description of true love. Mm. So when we just talk about choosing to be patient, you don't wake up and go, I'm going to be patient. You go, let me tie myself back into the security that is in Christ, the security that I find in him, which is loving relationship that cannot be lost and cannot be measured, not only to me, but through me. And then we get to choose into these realities. Jesus chose to do what he did. He willingly, know, you know, Oliver, we've talked mm. about it recently. Jesus willingly went to the cross. That was love choosing to do that on his own volition because he believed all things that his father said to him. Mm. So quick funny story is like I've been playing basketball at Brookwood uh, for the 40 and up league. Actually, I got kicked out of the league because I'm a little bit young for what? that. But I started playing for the, the 30 league. Oh, and uh, Yeah, and... And anyways, I came across this article um, about like foundations of basketball, which this is, I promise it'll bring back into the, the topic. <laughs> it'll be relevant. But um, it was really interesting. Some of these original quotes from guys like John Wooden or yeah. um, some of these successful basketball coaches, they all kind of lined up in this one premise. And basically they were saying that um, winning um, really starts when you stop caring about winning mm. and you focus on fundamentals of basketball. Mm. So, Chris, this isn't about basketball. But the point is this, is that for them – the goal of a good basketball player the, or somebody that's just a leader or somebody that's living life, a good husband, a good wife, somebody that wants to love somebody, let's say, uh, the goal is just to be faithful without necessarily worrying about being fruitful. That actually winning mm. and fruitfulness actually starts when you stop caring about you know the result. Mm. And the reality is, is on the basketball court or in life or mm. whatever you're doing, we actually have so much less control over right. what goes on around us. We have enough to worry about of our own stuff. That's why I think Jesus yeah. tells us continually to not judge others, but worry about ourselves and measure right. ourselves because that's where most of the work can and needs to be done. Right. And so I think in a lot of what we're talking about here, whether it's moving from envy into, you know, um, contentment, you know, or moving from boasting to humility or mm -hmm. moving from insisting on own, own way to pref preferencing, preferencing others. Mm -hmm. um, I think it's just the journey as I'm thinking about basketball as a metaphor, I'm thinking it's just the journey of saying, okay, I'm going to, Focus on my foundation, shot, you know, shot, taking shots is mm -hmm, balance, mm -hmm. eyes, elbows, follow through. I'm gonna do the foundational things that I know is right. And I'm going to I'm gonna just trust that mm -hmm. if I'm faithful, that God will bring about fruit. And um, the reality is that nothing you can do can make anybody love you any more or less. If it does make them love you more or less, that's not really love. <laughs> oh, you know, like love is gonna come wow. based on the person's character mm. that's rooted in Christ. So mm. they're either rooted in Christ before they knew you or they're not. Wow. And nothing you're gonna do is gonna change that. And so the reality is we're not in control of others, we're in control of ourselves. And today our option is not whether others will love us, today our option is whether we'll choose to love others or not. Mm. That's the, those are the two roads before us, you mm. know? And so mm. I think it's empowering. I think it puts us in a really great posture before the Lord and mm -hmm. an opportunity to experience what real love is, which isn't control, isn't lust, isn't an emotion, isn't right. a euphoria of connection. It's a true certainty that we are loved and worthy of belonging. Yeah. And if we can walk in that truth, I think we stand to have a lot of joy. The right. other way brings a lot of anxiety right. in my experience personally. Yeah. yeah. I, I, man, I just think that statement was so great that really the call podcast listener into myself, because I just heard that for the first time. Um, I think we're fruit focused so mm -hmm. often in our culture. We mm -hmm. want to see this house, this car, this degree, this haircut, this, the, et cetera. Mm -hmm. We want to see the result 
and we tend to just want to skate by whatever process to get there. And what I heard you say is faithfulness is the focus, mm-hmm. uh, and the fruit will come. The fruit will come, you know, and you know, really, truly, if you think about us as a branch and Jesus is the vine, we're meant to just abide, and the abounding comes through him. It literally comes through us as the branch, but the fruit comes off of us because we're tied to the vine. Yeah. And so if we see that vine as love, we see that vine as faithfulness, we focus on him, those things will come from our lives, which is just, I mean, it's just a stunner. And so podcast listener, you know, have you been more focused on your goals, which might look more like the fruits that you're hoping for? And those, I'm, I get it, you know, those are motivators to be faithful. But potentially, I know when I watch people with diets, workout programs, um, goals for education, once they see the cost of the faithfulness, they measure whether that fruit's worth it anymore. Right. And I think that goes right back to where we started today, which is love worth it? Mm-hmm. Well, and we're not trying to trick you, but we're not trying to help you get in the best place so you can get loved. You're already loved more than you could ever ask or imagine in Christ Jesus. And the, the, the extent that you position yourself to receive that love and humility mm. will be the greatest blessing to every person you encounter because you'll stop judging others. You'll stop uh, measuring others of what they are doing and what they're not doing. And your joy will no longer be tied wow. to the fruits and outcomes of things like you just said, Oliver, that you can't control. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, if I were to advise you in this moment, I'd say focus on Christ and the love that he gives. You will never lack in that and be faithful to stay in that place. The fruit will come. I'm not saying don't have goals, but the goal, like you said, Oliver, what does it look like to be faithful today, trusting God with the fruit? What does it look like to love today, trusting God to bring about an outcome? And let him be the measuring rod of it more than anything else. Mm. Well, um, if you guys have been uh, listening to this podcast for a short amount of time or a long amount of time, we welcome you to continue on this journey. Yeah, um, We're going to use, like as Chris said earlier on, we're going to use and utilize this time to uh, help one another takes steps towards Jesus together. It's not just for City Lights. If you have people that are relatives, friends, yeah. people out of the country, in the country that you think would be encouraged, please feel free. To, we'd love for you to share it and uh, and suggest it to others um, as we take steps towards Christ together. Any closing thoughts That'd or prayer? That'd be great. I'd love to just read Philippians, one, uh, Philippians 2, 1 through 4, because uh, Paul's talking about Christ. This is not, mm. you know, he just describes him. And I just think this is this is what love looks like. If there's any encouragement being in Christ, and if there's any comfort from love, any participation that we have with God's kingdom through his spirit, if there's any affection that we bring or any sympathy, he goes on to say, complete my joy. He actually says, my joy will be completed if you have the same mind, having the same love, and being in full accord and of one mind. And that mind that he's talking about is just like Christ. Agree that he is enough. Agree that his love is sufficient. And he goes on to say, if this is true for you, then you won't do anything out of selfish ambition or conceit. But in humility, you'll count others more significant than yourselves. And let each one of you not look only to your own interests, but the interests of others. Mm. That's what a person who is fully loved by God loves like. Mm-hmm. Even And this passage goes on to say that Jesus even poured himself out, made himself a servant, poured himself out even to the point of death on a cross. Why, Jesus? Because he literally was the physical embodiment of someone who knew who he was, completely loved by God. My friend, podcast listener, mm-hmm. Oliver, and I'm saying it to myself, 
You are loved like yes. that. Mm-hmm. You are loved like that. So don't try to go be a servant like that. Look at that lover. Right. Look at that lover. You'll become that servant. The servant is a fruit. Mm-hmm. The looking at the lover, that's where we want you to put your efforts. And uh, hey, we want to commend. Love is worth it. Yep. The depths, the heights, the width, the length of the love of Christ, it's worth navigating and diving into. Yep. We love you. Bless we you. look forward to uh, talking with you real soon. Adios. Adios. Arrivederci. Sayonara. Ciao, Adios. Hey.